It's Friday night, and it's 7 o'clock. That means it's time for the sports phone. All right, Friday night, 7 o'clock. It's time for another edition of the sports phone here on KZYX. Jerry in Oregon. Jim in the studio. Jim, it's uh, we're back. Seems like we never left. <laughs> Just, there's Last just time week, for another edition of the show. Things are just rotating around. We're back to Friday. I feel like I was here yesterday. It's sunny and 60 and springtime here. But you've, I guess it's not totally the same for you because you've started doing your old <laughs> loop again. You're not just driving 10 minutes to get to the studio anymore. I have recovered from carpal tunnel surgery where I use my hands all day long as a chiropractor, as you know, and mm-hmm. I am back to work. Everyone, how are you doing? How are you doing? How do your hands feel? Let me give tell you. Here's the best description I gave everyone today. I was so excited to be at work that I said, this is like when you sprain your ankle in a basketball game and you rehab it enough where you really know you're supposed to be playing again and it feels yeah. good to use it again. So I feel great. And it really made me feel good today. I felt like I, I, I was supposed to be working today. So anyway, that's my injury report. That's good to hear. Yeah. It's good to hear. We're gonna we're gonna have to keep checking in on the weekly gym injury report. It's <laughs> it's all it's 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 a, it's a, it's the new one to we'll have to keep an eye on. Welcome everybody to the sports phone. Uh, if you are new to the show. Uh, let me kind of walk you through what's going to be going on for the next hour or so. Jim and I are here as sports fans to talk about sports. There's nothing really else to it. It's not complicated. Uh, we want to talk about whatever is going on in the world of sports. It can be at the professional level, the high school level, the collegiate level. Really doesn't matter what the topic is. We, we just want to talk about it. We just want to hear about sports in whatever form they may take. And we want you, the callers, to drive the show Pick the topics, just sound off on whatever you want to talk about. Jim and I will lend our opinions if you so desire, but uh, that's what makes the show great. We want you, the listeners, to bring up the topics and whatever you want to talk about. That is what we're going to talk about here on the sports phone. The number to do that, 707-895-2448. So if you've got something you want to talk about in the world of sports, give us a call and let's do it. Let's talk about some sports. Jim, I hand it back to you. Did you say not complicated? This isn't complicated? No, it's not complicated. I struggle to get ready for this show. And when I'm sitting at your kitchen table the day before a show, it's very complicated trying to figure out what to say next. I mean... (laughs) I guess to each their own, but no, I, the, the, I, I don't think it's complicated. No, we just want to talk about sports. We want people to call and talk about sports. I mean, last week we talked about recess games for 45 minutes. I didn't think there'd be a world that we would ever talk about that. in. I want to review that chair. Um, I call it last week on the sports phone, the playground games. I can remember how it, somebody came up and said, Hey, why don't you talk about tetherball and kickball? And, I, I was joking. You, you, we were both joking about it for a while. Games came up that we all played. Foursquare, kick the can, kickball. Someone invented a game named Slaughterhouse, wall ball, hacky sack, handball. And, you know, it started out everyone just naming the games. Remember, Jer, about what, what they liked playing. But it got heavy after that. It got so, so interesting. Why were the games so creative we brought up? We'd say the same name. There'd be 20 different sets of rules. The answer to that, people figured out because there wasn't any adult supervision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
definitely so, part of it. No, it, and the other thing I think you kind of noticed as we went through that was that there was even like regional a regional aspect to it. Oh, in absolutely. A way, depending on where you grew up, that might that might have modified the game in some form. Like stickball was an East Coast thing that was that wasn't played out where we were at all. Like so, I just think it kind of depended on you know where you grew up. That also modified the experience and, and, and kind of what, what happened with you and, and the sports you played or yard, yard and recess games. And the guy, the guy brought up, it might be for all you athletes, the first co-ed team you ever played on the first yeah. experience, the, the social aspect of picking teams. I mean, that was priceless. Let's see who we got here. You're on the sports phone. Who's this? this is Jim Young. Who's this? This is Hal Cohen. Where are you calling from, Hal? I'm calling from Florida, Palm Coast, Florida. Wow, Jerry, can I introduce Hal to you? I, I was sort of a absolutely go for it. I was sort of prepared for this, this phone this call. Is, wait a minute, this is not Jim Young from St. Lawrence University up in Canton, New York, is this? Yeah, and this is. Oh my God! This, was, you were my hero growing up. <laughs> a little background, and then you could tell everyone about me, Hal. Um, <laughs> Hal was in ninth grade when I. I was a freshman, so we went through four years of basketball together, him being the top scorer in New York State his senior year, and there was no one in a school. He went to a school about the size of Fort Bragg. There was no one in a school close to his talent in Canton, the small town my college was in. He played with us almost every day in the offseason and sometimes during the, during the season. And he would compete with the col college kids. I ended up as we found out a couple of weeks ago when he tracked me down, we were close friends. And uh, he was a superstar in high school, and he claims I was a superstar in college. Yeah, and this is all true. And um, <laughs> Jerry, can I tell you a story? Oh, I I, I, I live for these stories because I don't know all of them. I think I do, but it turns out no. I don't. When I was in ninth grade, my father dragged me up to the college to play basketball, and uh, you're your your father Jim he tells me um you know he's a, he's a freshman as well so we're freshmen together and um, but he says he's looking at me and he goes gosh you look a little young for a freshman here in college as well just in high school but he took me under his wing and and helped me through playing with the college kids and and that's how I got to be better but um, he was uh, as I tell everybody Jim Young was a Division one player playing at a Division three level. And um, he was um, probably the most uh, outstanding uh, basketball player at St. Lawrence University, which is on the complete opposite uh, side of the country uh, as, as where you guys are. So um, you, 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 got, you probably didn't hear a lot about him out there, but he was my hero. And then I was trying to – I just retired, so I was trying to track people down that I was very that were very important in my life. Um, over the years, and Jim came to mind, and his nickname is Rookie because uh, somebody gave him the name Rookie. I think he was a young kid, and and he was playing with the seniors and stuff like that, so they called him Rookie. But so I was looking for him, and everybody I said, and they said he's all disappeared. He's disappeared. He's disappeared. I'm saying, and I'm I'm not very I'm computer illiterate, and I'm looking. I'm thinking, Jesus, what what happened to him? You know, where'd he go? He's, and everybody I called, everybody that I thought would know who he, where he was, he disappeared. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know if you guys have this out there. I'll end quickly here, but uh, there's this thing called Google. Have you heard of that? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, okay, you guys, you guys got that on the West Coast. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they do down in the South in in Santa Clara County. They've got a little bit of Google. And anyway, I, I click on his name, and, and boom, it comes up. I'm like, wait, this, I found this guy, you know, and, and that, so I contacted him and had a great time reminiscing. And now I'm hearing about this great show that's winning all the awards out there. Apparently, oh, I um, love it. Jerry, so, ask, uh, Jerry, ask him a question about me. Go ahead, anything. Well, yeah, Jerry. I, how, I don't, I, I don't know if this question is specifically about Jim, but it, but it's something that I've always kind of wondered. So, when Jim has talked about his time at St. Lawrence, he's always talked about St. Lawrence was a hockey school. Like first and foremost, yeah. St. Lawrence is okay. hockey when it comes to athletics. You grew up there. I guess what was the basketball vibe of St. Lawrence when Jim before he was there, when he was there, after he left? Like, can you kind of talk about like the vibe of just basketball oh, yeah. at the school in general? Because he's just always presented as a hockey school first and foremost. Well, it definitely was uh, hockey. You know that it was D one Division one. You know, right? Uh, so that's like a Division one sport. So you know, it's like you know. Syracuse against Oregon or something, you know, I mean, it's that level, and that's the thing up there, but the basketball, when Jim was there, or Rookie was there, he, um, they changed that a lot, that became like, there was another school next next to St. Lawrence called Potsdam, who also had many Division I players playing Division Three, and uh, Potsdam is actually where my father coached, and um, and they, those games became the thing to watch as well, you know, and, and St. Lawrence, obviously St. Lawrence hockey, but, uh, you know, those battles there and, and the coaches that they had there were ended up being Division One coaches uh, after they left St. Lawrence. And so that was a very high level, you know, so if you were going to play at a Division Three level, St. Lawrence and Potsdam State were the teams that, that you'd want to go to. And uh, those are just some great rivalries. And, and I know watching their games when they were there, they would beat, Division one team, they you know they played down there. They, the coaches weren't afraid to play anybody. They would play mm-hmm. Division one teams, and um, you know, I, and I know they won a few games against different teams. And uh, I, I remember one year you guys beat Colgate. I, I remember that. Oh, and, uh, yeah. and but, uh, we we beat Colgate and Vermont that year. And I think I I don't know if Vermont, Jared, but Vermont because they, they were in the tournament. Have they you, always you, been Division one? I I don't I don't have a I yeah. probably but I don't have an answer to that off off the top of my head. Yeah, and then, yeah, you know, I'm, what's interesting is that Hal says, you know, I, I was a D3 player that that, that could, have, could have made an impact in D1. Well, think about growing up around here, Jerry, a school the size of Fort Bragg. Mm-hmm. Hal went and started at a D1 school, Syracuse, under Jim Beheim. And, um, I mean, that tells people from around here how good a small school player I mean, how good you'd have to be, I mean, to, to make a D1, what you would look like. You'd have to, you know, I mean, Hal scored 30 points a game in high school. That that's There's not a lot of time in a high school game. That's more than a point a minute. You know? <laughs> well, I did take 35 shots. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, first of all, in case you guys go on Jeopardy, and nobody knew uh, at the time when I, when I graduated in 76 that um, – uh, here's the question for Jeopardy. Who was Coach Jim Beheim? See, on the, on the West Coast, you guys probably don't know a lot about Coach Beheim or the East, East Coast teams, but this is a good opportunity to, if there's anybody who's got any questions. But uh, um, who was Jim Beheim's first recruit? He, you know, he's been coaching since 1976. Mike Lee. Oh, wow. That was good, but wrong. Um <laughs> 
Jerry, your turn. Uh, and I graduated in 1976, and he and Coach Beheim started in 1976. Jerry. Oh wow! Oh boy! And if you need a multiple choice, I'll give you a multiple choice. Jimmy Lee. I, no, good chance, good choice, but not. I, 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 that's an era of basketball at Syracuse that it is. I, I like to think, Hal, I know a lot about basketball. I'll admit this one's a little, that this one's off my radar. Oh, that, that's way off you. But I'm going to give you a clue because I like you guys. Um, <laughs> Go for it. The, he is the, you know, the three guys talking on this phone right now. Mm-hmm. It's somebody that's not you two guys. <laughs> okay. You okay. were his first recruit? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't wow. realize it myself. I never thought about told it. Me. I never well, thought about it. Well, what happened was he he took over the program because the other my coach that actually recruited me, he went to another school after my senior year. So Coach Beheim took over the job, and he called me up because I'd already committed to go there. And he said, uh, you know, asked me if I wanted to come. And, uh, you know, being from Canton, which is about two and a half hours from Syracuse, that was the place I wanted to go. So it was about a... 30 second conversation so that's all that was the recruiting uh hell that's the thing. that's the trivia of the night i'm going to take another call we've got another call listen up the rest of the sports phone if you can get your computer work and give us a call back later in the show if, if you can add anything to it thank you so much okay thanks hell thanks Al. hello call you're on the air hi guys so last week i said i wouldn't go near the bracket oh boy <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go, guys. So, Oral Roberts. Oral, they're talking about banning them. I'm gay. I'm an athlete. Forget about it. <laughs> I want Oral Roberts to beat Arkansas and make well, it to the eight. Because, I mean, you you separate that part of Oral Roberts. Like, this is what the tournament's all about, right? A 15 seed that's beating a 2 seed and a 7. This is like, when you boil down the NCAA tournament, this is what was great about it. Now, I don't want them to get much further just because I I think it's at a certain point I kind of get over it. It's like, because there's a point with this for me with with a 15 seed. It's like, you either need to win the tournament now or or get out of the way for the big schools. So. If Oral Roberts okay. beats Arkansas, they better win the whole tournament, or I'm just going to be upset at that point. <laughs> Here's the deal, guys. It's a good strategy, and you guys are all about that. They do the free throw, nail them. They do the three-point offense. Mm-hmm. We've seen this work in the big leagues, and we've yep. seen it work in the minor leagues. Yep. Just checking in with that, because <laughs> I said I wouldn't do the bracket, and now I'm doing it. Okay. Thank Jerry, you. Jerry, I, I love it. Well, and it's funny. Love it. Thank you. It's funny, because, Jim, If they you, beat Arkansas, you're going to hear from me next week. It, like call, I said, call back next week either way. <laughs> okay. Got you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. 707-895-2448. Jerry, you have... You said you weren't even going to... Oh, no, wait a minute. You didn't say you weren't going to watch. You said... Oh, I've watched a ton. Wait a minute. You said you're having more fun because yes. you didn't fill out a bracket. Are you sticking yeah, with that? I, I am. Absolutely. I am having more fun just because of the standpoint of I don't need to constantly be looking at my bracket to see how good or bad I'm doing. I can just enjoy <laughs> each game 
as a standalone thing. But that being said, I, I, I wasn't being facetious with that caller. I love upsets in the first two rounds. Yeah. But if if an upset is gonna like mess with the later rounds of the bracket, you better get to the final four. You better get to the national championship game. Because at that point, then it's just annoying. Because now, now all the good teams. Because it's one of those things, and we talk about this, it, it. It's the beauty and the frustration of the NCAA tournament because it's a one and done thing, where the it, the best team isn't always going to win. But I still would rather see the best teams at the end, right? Because those are the most talented teams. So if Oral Roberts is going to win two games, they better win two more and get to the, and get I, to the final four. I, I I can I can see that. I I just pick numbers. I never really got into it, so it didn't affect right. me as much when there wasn't. Hello, call. You're on the air. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Vince. Hey, Vince. Uh, we doing tonight? We're doing pretty good. We had a. Call from Florida. A guy tracked me down that, that I played well. I didn't really play with him in college, but I played pickup with him my whole time in college. Uh, you know, I, I want to touch on that. And I want to touch on uh, the, the. Initially, I want to touch on what you talked about when you guys first opened about the difficulty of preparing for the show and, you know, getting ready to talk sports with your local yep. community and your son and your friends. Do you want to know when I'm prepared to talk on the next sports phone? When when you call for it is going to be my guess. When the last show ended. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's fair. Yep. <laughs> and and Jim, yeah, that guy Hal, what a great call. What a cool story. I kind of I the way it sounded when I got back in the room was he was almost a guest, but it, he just called in. He just which is fantastic. Yeah. Oh. Do, just for you, and this is really, I don't want to get into this because it's re, real, um, it's too regional and no one's going to know who we're talking about, but this is the Nakai Baker in as a ninth grader in high school that goes and plays for Syracuse D1. It, it, it's, it's, that, it's that big. So I just want to leave it at that. Yeah, no, that, that was fantastic. And, and I, will, I will comment to that as, you know, he talked about, how you took him under your wing and you were a, a D one player playing at D three. And I, I just got to say from my heart, Jim, I was a young coach with no experience and I would not have gotten into or, or gotten to be the coach. I was without the fact that you allowed me under your wing uh, during the coaching time that I had with you. So huh, I, I appreciate kind of that. How emotion there a little to make sure I get that out there that, um, those, those 10 years we spent together at Mendo High were, were very special to me. And, uh, you know, you, you and Noah both were, were major impacts in my life, and I appreciated that. Oh, well, thanks. And now I, yeah, oh, definitely. And now I turn to you, Jerry, and how dare you say the 15th seed should not win another game? <laughs> no, I didn't say they you shouldn't win another that. game, Vince. That, that's not what I said. Come on. I said, they, if they go to the Elite Eight and lose, it's still a good story, and it's still fun. And, I mean, how many times, Jim, have you coached Mendo teams at a tournament you had no business winning, but you did because you took a, a not as talented team and you out coached or outplayed them, and that's got to be that's exciting to see anytime it happens. Uh, Jerry, you, you take you take this. I, you you just, started it. I can't no, I can't defend my opinion. I I just think that in the end, I want to see the best teams, and, and I think yeah. that. I don't know if they're if they're one of the best teams, great. But if they're going to eliminate the two, three, and then like hypothetically then lose to the 
like a like a five seed or something. It's like, yeah, th- I don't know. I'm just not as interested at that point. <laughs> What's the well, difference? I, I, will, I, will, I don't I will know. This. I, I, I can agree with that to an extent in a normal year. I feel True. like because True. so many teams in this tournament played, you know, this team played 18 games, that team played 29 games, this team played in this conference, and that team played in that conference, and they didn't travel very much, they didn't play out-of-conference teams very much. I think there were a lot of misseedings this year than ever before because they, the committee really didn't have a way to gauge yeah. how good or bad some of these teams were. So I think that's playing into it because there's, there's a, a, quite a bit of a, I was uh, upset so far this tournament. I, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to take another call, Vince. I want you to call, call back to sort of defend this. I, I think... COVID may had something to do with, with these seeds being all screwed up. Maybe you just said that, but that's what I think. I, I agree, yeah. Take this call. I'll talk to you guys soon. I appreciate it. Thanks, Vince. You're on the air with a sports phone. Oh, Roberts was the best team. Oh, Roberts no, was the best team it. on the court. Oh, for that, that game. Given, on those given, those given games. So, yeah, the best team did win. Okay? Straight up. Um, oh, I, that, that's I, a I big don't agree problem. With that at all? That, you know, and, and that is one of the the problems. Why about twenty five, thirty years ago, I gave up on the NCAA tournament when there were eight teams from the East Coast and the Upper Midwest in the Western bracket. You know, there's a problem there when you got some when you when you aren't going to beat. You have a West bracket that's got East Coast teams. Mm-hmm. You know, the NCAA is so avariciously piggy about wanting to get all the money How that they, they screwed the NIT. How dare somebody try to make some money on their plantation players? You know, <laughs> and, and it's like, no, okay, ACC and SEC, you guys battle each other out and you don't make it? Go to the NIT and you really want to have a championship? Then let's have the winner of the NIT play the winner of the NCAA. Because the NCAA's uh, March Madness has nothing more than a avaricious grab for revenue. Okay, I the still think they have, has I, been a joke for decades, decades. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I so I'll take I don't you see uh, you know the best the best the best team did win. Okay, it did win. Uh, I'm taking another call. Um, g- g- give us a call back if. if... I, I think the best team won. I think they were the better team for that game, but I, I'm not going to for a second. That's, I, I don't think Oral Roberts is better than Ohio State for a second. They they, I think they, they beat won them on that a, game on any given day, and I, that's I, the beauty of the tournament, right? That's why it's fun, right? And 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 I also say I I think. The best team doesn't always win that game. They just won that no. game. They're just not the best team. Hello, call you're on the air. There are factors in every game that aren't in the other game. Oh boy! And and Jerry, what happened to the guy a few minutes ago? Said, "I'm just digging the games as they go by, man." But no, they should <laughs> either they go to the last four or else they should stop winning right now. That is like that, that's like that's like get over that. I mean, they're going to do really well until they don't. And if that takes them to the last game, it does. And if it doesn't. Go away. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. But, like, you know, enjoy the game, like you said. But I don't want to get – I guess let me let me put it a different way. And maybe I didn't say it very well. And this might dig myself into a deeper hole, and I'm prepared for that. So I just throw Let's it on me, top of me if this ahead, gets Jared, worse. But like, I'll give you a chance. Here, 
Here, here's what I would say. I don't want to get invested in Oral Roberts now just for them to lose by 25 tomorrow when they play Arkansas. Like, I, like, I don't want to just, oh, I'm on the train, I'm all about this 15 seed, and then they just get destroyed. Because yeah. in reality, that's that could very likely happen tomorrow. Who like, this playing? hype train is just going to go but away. Who are they playing? I mean, I mean, you know, maybe they'll take another high seed. Maybe somebody from behind them. It, we'll it, take them out and go on to the final four. It has How about to, that? It has to be a high seed unless someone else has done what they're doing. Yeah, they're playing they, they're playing the three seed in their region. Who is it? Arkansas. That's great. And that's what the last that's what the previous caller said that wants them to just go on and beat Arkansas. Because I hope they do. I, I absolutely hope they do. I I just I, I just don't like I said, I don't want to just get committed to this team just to have them lose by thirty. And then it's it's all over. Like it's, at this point, just make me be. In, I want to be invested. Just don't get blown out. That's all I ask, I guess. <laughs> well, you know. Well, and and next year maybe you will be filling in the frames. Do you think because you're you're more invested than you than you let on to be? Do you think? Do you think most people are cheering for the Cinderella, the Oral Roberts? Oh, absolutely. Oh, it is? most people. I think I think there's an element of the population that. They're not their team, but they're going. Oh my goodness! Won't this be cool? Sure. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a percentage out there, and it might not be big, but it might be big. It might be. I mean, people are going to talk about it, whether it's their team or not. I admit it. I so, I, I check ESPN. So that sells the game, you know. I, I admit I have checked twice to see if Oral Roberts won. After well, I I checked the second game after they won the first. Through through two games they're super fun to watch like i'll say that like their games have been great they just they play super fast they shoot a lot of threes they're really fun to watch it's a classic low seeded cinderella team that has no big guys that just plays super fast and shoots a lot so from that standpoint they're super fun i just hope it's sustainable because i I think ultimately it's not okay well well before i go my son cole wanted to say hi to jerry since he knows that uh that jerry's dad and, and i are like the same age and so he said, Cole says hi to Jerry. He said, I say hello to Cole. Put him on. All right. Put him on? <laughs> yeah, put him Cole, on for you a second. You want to get on and say hi to Jerry yourself? Hi, Jerry. How's it going? What's your favorite sport? I'm on the. Go ahead. Am I on the sports phone? Absolutely. You're on the radio. Tell everyone what your oh. favorite, what's your favorite sport, Cole. Cole. Dodgeball. <laughs> I love throwing balls at people. It's a good game. Dodgeball is a very good game. I, I, I still I love it. I still love dodgeball. Should have called last week. We tied a whole show talking <laughs> about dodgeball. Thanks for the call, Cole. Okay, bye. Bye. Boy. Look, Jim, I'm down the rabbit hole at this point with, this, with this Oral Roberts thing. I'll admit it. I, I guess... And I'm just going to keep trying to dig myself out of it and probably dig myself deeper. Here, Here's my point to, to, to go and try another different direction with this. Abilene Christian was also in this tournament, and they were a 14 seed. Okay. And they beat Texas, who was a three seed in the first round by one. And everyone's all aboard the Abilene Christian Wildcats train. It's like, oh, here we go, Cinderella. They lose by 20 to UCLA in the next round. That's like that's just what I'm saying with Oral Roberts. I don't want to happen. It's just like if they're gonna lose, at least keep it close. Don't just fall off a cliff and get just run over by somebody. Isn't it a big difference winning that second game though? Didn't they? Once you win that second game, does it? Are, 
Haven't you? I mean, as as Vince has brought up, and and he loves the NCAA tournament because it's a one and done. It, it's a loser right. goes home. I don't like it because of that. I like to see the two teams play four out of seven and see who the best team is for for those two weeks, not just for an hour and a half. So I sort of lost my train of thought here, but but I don't. If if your question, I think this was your ultimate question, is they are the second fifteen seed ever to make it to the Sweet Sixteen. Okay, so so my my point is, once you win that second game, haven't they haven't they got beyond the point of it's just a fluke, even if they lose the next game? Be- I, because they they've beaten a a, a two and a two and a seven. And Abilene beat a three, and then they got blown out. So I, I, I think the only thing I think you're wrong at is they've done it already. They became a Cinderella team by winning the second game, not the first. All right, I, I guess. I, I guess if you get to the Sweet 16, that's an accomplishment. I don't know. I just I. It, I don't want to be invested in this if they're just going to get blown out because I feel like tomorrow it's not going to be close. Are like, you cheering I'm, for? I hope I'm wrong. Are you cheering for? Yeah, I'll root for them over Arkansas, sure. 707-895-2448. And, and I, I want to mention it now um, n- Now that I have a couple of seconds. Is we here on the sports phone, I love to say that, we here at the sports phone encourage double and triple dipping, which is not common in public radio. Usually you have one chance in a, in a call-in show. We encourage you to listen to what you say, listen to what the response is, and give a call back if, if, yep. if, you, if you want to. If we have to cut you off short the second time, well, that's our job. But um, you're welcome to, to double, triple, quadruple dip. Um, while there's no calls, Jerry, I also want to real quick, from Rich Culbertson, the operations manager, the guy that I've... I don't know. You ran a radio station, Jerry, but I am sitting in a, in a, a sea of chords here. There, there are so many cords around me and so many buttons and all that stuff. And Rich makes it all work. Um, he says, yeah, if you're there, at- there's the, just, just real quick, there's the person that runs the radio station. And then there's the person <laughs> that keeps the radio station running. That, exactly. That's Rich Culbertson. In my opinion, right. he's in the genius category because I don't understand how any of this works. So anyone that can do something on a computer that I don't understand, I think is a genius. Uh, He says, if you listen on the 91.5, they're having a problem with that signal. They're waiting on parts and they are coming. And in the meantime, you can listen to this station on KZUX.org if you know how to turn on the Internet. And you can listen on 90.7. A lot of people in the 91.5 can get 90.7, just may not be... As clear, so give it a try. I just wanted to mention that. That's from Rich. The parts are coming this week. If you love 91.5, it'll be back. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. Halfway through the sports phone here on Friday, March 26th. On that note, let's bring it all back around. Let's see what (laughs) happened today on Friday, March 26th. And we talk about on this day in sports. Jim, it's rare that we pick the same thing because we don't tell each other what we're going to choose before the show. And this is one of those rare occasions we came to the same event. And I am going to be anti-climatic and give you that, oh. give you that answer after we take this call. You're on the sports phone. Jim! I am going to be yes. anti-climatic. Hell, Cohen. What do you got? 
You got to turn off your radio, Hal. I'm going to hang up on you. Oh, I got to turn it off? Turn yeah. off the radio? Okay. There's a seven-second delay, so we were listening to you here talk, and it's, it's hard enough to listen to you talk once. <laughs> I just thought I would help out here, you know, make it interesting, this East Coast, West Coast thing. I don't know anything about Oregon, since you guys are, are sitting out there. Uh, like, this potential, it could be at Oregon-Syracuse, the final. Finals. Is that true, Jer? So, Hal, it's funny. Um, I live in an area that is much more uh, Oregon Duck fans than Oregon State fans. I just that I just okay. happen to be in that part of 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 the state. But what's really interesting is just the the hype around here is the fact that there could theoretically be an Oregon Oregon State national championship game. Really? It, just because the yes, if the the way the bracket is set up. Oregon could play Oregon State in the championship game. So I think from that's been kind of the interesting like location thing that I've been having up here. Um, I, the thing for me that's really been fun to watch about Syracuse this year is like this has been them the last couple of years in the, in the NCAA yeah. tournament. They're a low seed, but they're not, if that makes sense. It's like they're a low seed, but you know they're going to make a run every year. It's like they might as well be a one seed, even though they're a, a double-digit seed. What what are they this year? Re, re, review for me. Where where is Syracuse, Jerry? They're an eleven. They're, they're eleven seed. Yeah, but and, like you were saying, you guys were saying earlier, the, the the things have changed because of the COVID situation. They had three pauses where they had to, you know, not do anything for a week or two weeks or whatever it was. Three times this year, so they had like thirty or forty days where they couldn't play or uh, practice and that whole thing. And they finally kind of came together at the end of the year. And uh, now they're now they're playing very obviously very very well, and uh, but it's, it, what's interesting I don't know it, it, the, those that do follow Syracuse basketball knows about their zone. Oh yeah, and that's that's the main thing that when you get into the NCAA tournament, and if you've not played against that zone, now ever they call it a two three zone, but it's it's not a two three zone. It's like a four one zone. They got four guys almost on the three point line, and one guy underneath. Huh. And they let the guy get catch the ball most of the time at the high post at the foul line and and force that guy to shoot. <laughs> it's almost embarrassing because they, he's so, he's so wide open. But, but most of those guys can't make that shot, so it works huh. to their advantage. But until you play somebody like that, and if you've never played like you know, if you don't practice against that, uh, then you. You get in the NCAA tournament, you get these really good teams, and all of a sudden, they, they can't, number one, they can't shoot, and they haven't seen that kind of a zone. And, and so that's yeah. why they've been so effective in the um, it, NCAA tournaments over the years. It, it's funny how I, I had it come. Uh, my college coach uh, was a big football guy. He played he played football in high school and in college, and the, he was a big Syracuse fan. And, and so we played a lot of zone, and, and he described the comparison he made for like people that might be – he. For the for football fans, the comparison that he made just to like dealing with Syracuse's zone is in the football equivalent of playing against like the the run the ball every time triple option where you can drill it and you can get ready for it, but until you actually play against it, huh. you're not right. going to be ready for it. And it's like that he just right. made that comparison of it's so unique and so well structured every year. It's just it's impossible to be fully prepared for it. Huh. And what I find amazing is uh, why is no other coach in the country doing what he's doing? He's been so yeah. successful, and 
and when I when I started with them, we were kind of a zone and a, more man to man and zone. And then I think he he you know on out of bounds plays, he just decided all these teams have all these intricate out of bounds plays, and you get burned on them all the time. They get easy layups, and, and why waste practice? You know, half an hour of practice. You know, so he started out by saying, okay, every out of bounds play, we're going zone. And then that's kind of morphed into we're going to play zone all the time, so I don't have to worry about you know other than a few things here in practice, wasting all this time on practice. So, like if you have to play against Princeton or all these teams that have all these intricate plays, mm-hmm. and so, I haven't seen anybody else, anybody else in the country do that. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Give us a call if you want to add. We're, right now we um, we got pretty technical there. Um, you guys lost me a little bit, but well, uh, here, Jim, I'll make it less technical. Do you know? Here's a little fun fact, and, and this might be arguable. And then I'll tell you players, my philosophy but, of defense. But go ahead. But Jim, can you do you know by chance who one of Syracuse's two best players are this year? Have, this, you, have you followed them at all this year? No, it's Beheim's son. Oh, Funny that day. I did no. know that. I did yeah. know that there was a whole yeah. special on on. Um, on ESPN that I watched on on coaching your son and the son and as you know Hal I coached Jerry from yep. six yeah. you might know this I coached him from fifth grade and every time we were such a small town every time every time he advanced to like middle school the middle school coach quit and then when he advanced to high school the high school coach quit so I coached his kids him and his friends from sixth grade all the way to twelfth grade and well. I have a theory about defense that Jerry knows if I have asked you, or, or offense, and that is it doesn't matter what you do if you all do it together. And that if you, yeah. that that was my theory, and I got a lot of flack for it, like that I didn't care what they did, that kind of stuff. But if everyone's on the same page, that's when basketball works. That, and I'll leave yeah. it, I'll leave it at that. So, um, you know, you, if everyone plays a, a man right, it works, and everyone plays a zone right, it works. That's all I got. Well, and the teams that they do play in the they on the ACC now used to be in the Big East, but the teams that they you know they practice against this, so they have. But teams that have like two days to prepare for that, or even four days in the NCAA tournament, this is extremely extremely difficult. And they recruit players that have long, they're long, tall, and, and can get to these places that, you know, so guys can't get their three-point shots. And, and, um, and I, again, I, they've been very extremely successful over all these years. Yeah. And I just, it's funny that nobody else does that. Cal, we yeah. got another call. I can't tell you how, hey. much, how, much fun, hey. how much fun it's been to talk to you twice in the last month. Oh, great. I'm going to follow you guys forever. I'm going to get all my kids to follow you guys. So um, I love keep it. up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. You're on the air with the sports phone. Yeah, hi. Uh, I just needed to call in because uh, your discussion of, uh, you know, rooting for um, a team that's, you know, doing a stellar job and may not go on. Uh, a couple of things. Briefly, though, uh, yesterday on the Latino USA, Maria and Hosa's show, they had a wonderful profile of the year that uh, Puerto Rico uh, beat the dream team in the Olympics. I don't, it was way along to 70s, was it? I don't know. Dream team anyway, number two, I think. But go ahead. Yeah, so, but they, it, it was one game. Oh, yeah. It was the first game of the Olympics that year. And, it was, and they were, you know, I mean, the green team was just, 
you know, on fire and unstoppable and undefeatable. And, and you know, even Puerto Ricans weren't even going to watch the game because it was just going <laughs> to be a rout. But the Puerto Rican team, and it's interesting because it, it refers to what you were talking about, they chose this um, zone defense strategy, and huh. they, beat, they beat the Dream Team that year and uh, in that one game. And then they went on in the rest of the Olympics to not do so well. But that one moment is still a national holiday in Puerto Rico. And, you know, this whole r- romance and mystique of the under- rooting for the underdog and stuff. Uh-huh. So, it, you know, there's beauty in that. <laughs> you know, even though, you know, it may be a fluke, you know, or it might be, you know, who knows, whatever it is. But, uh, you know, uh, it's really an interesting program, that show about well, yesterday on Latino USA, because... You know, this guy t- is telling the story, and he is reliving it as he's telling it. And they, Puerto Rico, they still celebrate that day, you know, when when uh, Puerto Rico stuck it to the dream team. So, anyway, so, so this is so, so so this is a takeoff. I was wondering where you were going with this at first, and it's sort of a takeoff on rooting for Oral Roberts and the, and, and the team that's not supposed yeah. to win. Is, right, it, right. is that where you're coming from? Yeah, and you know, in responding to Jerry, you know, you know, not being excited because you know they're not going to, you know, they're 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 going to win, but then they're not going to go on to win. But that one moment of the underdog, you know, you know, David beating Goliath or whatever, you know, is always you know exciting in itself. You know, it's uh, you know it gives people, you know, it cheers people up. You know, and uh, you know, I always root for the underdog, <laughs> whatever. Generally, you know. So anyway, I just. Thanks. I, That's a great. Just, it was an interesting connection to what you were talking about. Though. That really, that really is. Wow. Thanks for that call. It, it's interesting, Jerry. I want you to, to. I think you're going to get to it. Is I have a problem with anyone calling anybody but the original Dream Team the Dream Team. <laughs> and isn't that what he just did, though? Is that? Yeah. So okay. Let so me we'll, hear the we'll go through this real quick. First of all, I want to say. I remember where I was when this game happened because I still remember the USA losing to Puerto Rico. I do. Too. I, I, it was this was in so this was in 2004. Uh, it was the first game of the preliminary rounds uh, in the 2004 Olympics, and the US in the US lost to Puerto Rico. It was the first time they had lost an Olympic game since 1988. <laughs> um, and. They not only lost to Puerto Rico, but they ultimately didn't even make it to the gold medal game. They got the bronze medal that year. Was it the um, was it the second dream team? I mean, or, or the third? Oh no, no, this was this was a this was the team. I, to try to put some context around it, this was the super young. I think like first or second year in the league, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, and Dwayne Wade team. Okay. This this was That's the team right. that the U.S. sent over there. That not to go too far down the rabbit hole, that could not shoot, right. and so everyone just sat in zones, and the U.S. couldn't hit a jump shot. So, but, and so so that's kind of the background for this this team. But I remember this game. I was at my grandfather's house in New Jersey, banging my head against the couch, watching the USA lose to Puerto Rico. <laughs> and it's I remember too, and the, my take on it was more like the caller's take on it. There was no way after the first dream team went over there, no one came within 50 points of them. And we still, I mean, that dream team was with all the best players in the NBA. And then it got political after that. Some went, some didn't go, some wanted to go, some didn't. And, and all of a sudden we sent a team over there that wasn't good enough to beat everybody. 
and we were all shocked. Maybe we well, sh- and there was there was a slow buildup, like from the from the the dream team in 1992, the original team. They're like every year after that, the game slowly got closer and closer. Like you almost That's saw it true. coming as the world like slowly start to ca- catch up to the United States, and then it kind of peaked in 2004. Well, you could almost when- you can almost give credit. To Magic and Bird and and, um, and and Jordan for going right. over there and spreading the word of basketball, and it, it hasn't stopped since. Let's take a call. You're on the air, sports phone. Well, this is this is great. I love I love how intricately into basketball we get with these programs sometimes. And uh, this is that was basically ninety two to two thousand and four is when the international game kind of integrated itself into the nba exactly you know so it, it, of course the the, the the gap got closer um as, as our teams also got different like that you know carmelo lebron team was more of a dribble drive dunk fast break you know what was what's more impressive is is not the zone for puerto rico working was the fact that puerto rico wasn't forced into turnovers right. and allowed you know because the best way to beat a zone is to get down the floor before the zone sets up so, you know, that was what I think the USA with that particular group was all about at that time. Because if we remember correctly, too, the early 2000s was probably one of the worst jump-shooting eras of basketball. Huh. Um, you know, really. I mean, that was like a stretch where I got bored with the game because it was all isolation and dribble drives. You know, it wasn't like it is now where you have spot-up shooters everywhere. Um, but the other part of my call is I want to get in before you two do, just in case I have the same uh, this day in sports. Oh. Which is Larry, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson for the <laughs> NCAA title. <laughs> That's amazing. We always say we're all going to pick one, and this is the first time. Two of us have picked the same one a couple times. This is yeah. the first time the three of us picked the same one. Uh, how, how could you not, considering what's going on right now with the tournament? And, and, I mean, Larry and Magic, come on. And Indiana State was not exactly a, a top-four seed. Jerry, why did you pick it? First of all, I want to hear, hear both of your reasons. Vince just sort of gave his. So I picked it because of the fact, one, it was the NCAA tournament, but also it's it's very well documented. There's a, I think NBA TV was the people that did it. I can't remember if it was NBA TV or ESPN. But they did a really, really good like hour and a half documentary about the Larry Bird Magic Johnson rivalry. Right. And this was just kind of they did such a good job framing this part of it as the starting point. This was uh, the like first these, yeah. clearly yeah, the like first these, yeah. Yeah. They, they 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 meet in the NCAA tournament, Magic wins. And then it just kind of all starts from there. And, you know, you have Larry Bird who becomes, they all talk about in the documentary, Larry's in Boston as the great white hope that he was called in Boston. And then Magic's out in L.A. doing his thing. And they just did such a good job documenting that whole story. And they and they did a really amazing effort to like show this as the starting point. That, so that's that's why it stood out for me. This And the, the smallest print on it for me jumped right out at me. I had no idea. Highest yeah. rated college basketball game ever on television. Yeah. In 19- and that's seven, 79? 79. Right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy to think that. Like, like that's such a great iconic moment for basketball because those two carried the NBA into stardom in the 80s. I mean, the NBA had a foothold in sports, but those two carried it to another level, transitioning into Jordan, who carried it into the next level. But th- those two started it, and, and that was one of the most – 
you know, obviously the most watched college basketball championship game. So that catapulted the NCAA tournament really to what it was, you know, to what it is today. So Larry Magic, you got to give them both credit, love them or hate them. They, they technically made basketball what it is today with that beginning right there in 79. Exactly, and and then you got that was one of the starts, and then them playing with the dream team. Just yeah, who knows what you know? It started somewhere, and some people give Magic versus Bird credit for it over Jordan, and mm-hmm. some people say, hands down, Michael Jordan boosted basketball to what it is today. You know, and and it's, I, I I think Michael Jordan prepared the world and the NBA for what LeBron James brought. Yeah, and Kobe Bryant brought, and that that that's where I think it's it, it's transitions from one era to another. It's not who created who, you know, really got it. Yeah, that's true. You know, it, it had to somewhere, but how did it get handed off? And I think it got handed off in a good way, you know, because I think the NBA is in a pretty good place, and the NCAA tournament's in a good place. So everything's you know thriving, and so the handoffs and the transitions have been have been done well. Mm-hmm. That's a good one, Vince. 707-895-2448. We've got, geez, I guess we have about nine minutes left. Get your call in if you want to. uh, I'd like to know if anyone's voting against Oral Roberts. (laughs) And and it's... People who root for Here's a great little (laughs) trivia question here. I mean, trivia, you know, we've had this... this, um, you know, small school superstar from New York's called in twice from Florida tonight. Look at the date here, Jared. That means Hal Cohen was in the NCAA tournament with them in 1979. <laughs> How about that for a trivia? That that is true. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. impressive. I know. So here, so here's a good one. I'll give you guys a stump the host. Who was the first 15 seed to beat a two seed Florida Gulf in the Coast. NCAA tournament? Who's oh no, that's not true. Florida Gulf Coast is the one to get to the to get to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, they're not the first fifteen seed to, to win though. Who, who to win a game, right, right, right. That was, was it? The, that was the biggest upset before the sixteen seed won a couple of years ago. So the fifteen seed beating the two seed was the biggest upset in the NCAA tournament. Who was the first one to do it and win? I, I have no idea, and I'm not very fast oh. with Google. I. Huh. Mercer beating Duke stands out for some reason, but I think that was a three beating of losing to a fourteen. Yep, I, yep, exactly. I, 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 I will give you a hint. Tonight's main caller went to the school that lost. Okay, so it was lost. Syracuse that lost, and so there were a two seed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it just depends on the era. You're going to say it, and I'm going to recognize the name because it's not. So Syracuse lost to somebody as a two seed. Yep. What year? I believe I believe it was nineteen eighty nine. No, no, ninety one. Oh, sorry, nineteen ninety one. Hold hold that hold that thought. We got another call here. We could have an answer. Thanks, Vince. All right. You're on the air with a sports phone. Jim. Yeah. I guess that's me. I guess I I was the one that lost. You were on was- that team. No, no, I wasn't on that team. I, if, if you're talking about Syracuse, we lost to Vermont in the one game, and we lost to Richmond. Was another one. As a as a two seed, you lost to one of those teams that there were a fifteen. Richmond, yeah, Richmond, and and. Got to turn your radio off. 
Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Okay, Jared, what do we got? We got seven minutes left. Well, I don't know. There's a few different things we, we could talk about here. I, I don't know if we want to go into because, like, the easy lead in for this for me is to say, well, the NCAA tournament's been fun to watch, but it hasn't been all good publicity for them the last two weeks. Let's let's get to this. But, but I don't know. Minutes. I don't know if we have time to we to go into that. You're on the air like, with the sports phone. Am I still on? Am I still? Do I got my. You're on. on prime time. What on? You got two minutes. We're running out of time here. Yeah, we uh, Syracuse lost to Vermont one year, and they were a two seed. We were a two seed, and they were fifteen. And then I think uh, Richmond. Is, we also lost to them. Those are the two teams. Uh, I don't oh. know which year he was talking about, but was that is that the answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was oh. Richmond. Okay. The, answer, the answer was Richmond. Yeah. Thanks okay. for the call. Got to go. Jared, bring it up um, and, and see how many right, people call in six minutes. Let's start this and, and see where we get in five minutes. So, and the challenge with a story like this, Jim, is I, if I don't give it the right context, <laughs> you're in big I, trouble. I, what'd you say? You're in big trouble. Right, because because I don't have a lot of time here, and so that's why it's important. So, I'll try. So, the NCAA tournament this year has the unique challenge of. They're being played in bubbles, similar to the NBA playoffs, to the NHL playoffs, and all those types of things. The NC, the men are in Indianapolis. The women are in San Antonio, as opposed to normal years when they're played at various regional locations and then they come together for a Final Four. So, so that's just kind of the starting point with this. There, it, it came out last week on Twitter that, to, to put it quickly, the NCAA did not exactly devote the same amount of resources for the for the women's tournament that they did for the men's tournament. And that came out in different ways. It started with an Oregon women's player on the University of Oregon team showing a video of the women's NCAA tournament weight room compared to the men's weight room. And for, for a quick version of this, the women's weight room was a rack of, of like barbed like dumbbells. That was probably between like five and thirty pounds, and the men looked like it was a twenty-four hour fitness. Like, wait, it could have been like sorry, not twenty-four hour fitness. It could have been like an Olympic weight room. So the women's it, the women's looked like maybe a few weights at the Holiday Inn Express. Right, exactly, exactly, <laughs> and a couple of yoga mats, and so it just kind of started this cascade of other things that kind of came up. Like then the next thing you saw were the pictures of the food, and right. and the women. The women, it turned out, they got what looked like, and, and I don't exaggerate this, you can find online, it looked like the food United Airlines served you on a 1990, early 2000s airplane flight, and the men had these luscious buffets, right? And so it, it started this controversy, and I know we're not going to have a lot of time to get into this, uh, the, about like just that whole sequence and like the NB, the NCAA almost trying to defend themselves in a way, or like try to make excuses and I, I like it. There's so much more to this story that to get into because it's still ongoing in certain ways. But it just like there was a lot of things that came out last week about the 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 treatment of the women's tournament versus the treatment of the men. And I, I have a lot more to say, but I don't want to just well, talk for the came, next three minutes. So, Jim, I guess I, I want you to jump in at some point well, here just to kind of the, the last bring one, some context. The last one you sent me, you, you sent me tidbits of this right along. The, the, the first and the last summed it up. The first showed, right. you know, 
four or five dumbbells, uh, an, a very uncomfortable looking training table, and a room, about eight by 10 room, um, and they called it the training room. And the men had, as you said, it looked like a 24-hour Nautilus, Nautilus facility. It started with that, and it ended with the budget for the men's is $28 million and the women's is $14.5 million. I'm not and that sure. was two years ago. That was in 2019. Oh, boy. Yeah, so so obviously that could have even changed and like, I, if you I, look at it probably now. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm not sure what the 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 budget means and and what it's all spent on. So I I have to say to be honest with you and jeez we only We're have just not going to have a lot of time to get into this because there's think a lot of I bottom line is I'd I'd like to bring this up at the beginning of next week's show because the sad part of it is I'm not surprised. That's right. That's, that's the sad that's the the biggest sad part of this is I'm not surprised at all. It's it's and I'm also not surprised by how the NCAA tried to like get out of it and they tried to make some really weird excuses and we can get into that more next week. But sign like, off, Jerry. I, I, sorry, say it again. We got to sign off. We got to cut it off. All right, we'll seconds. get into this more next week. Uh, thanks everybody for listening for, to the Sports Phone. Uh, we'll be back next week. That is going to be a week from today. We'll be back to talk more sports uh, on the Sports Phone. And until then, we'll wrap it up, Jim. Let's uh, let's let's send it back to you and let's uh, let's call it a show. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Sports Phone. We had a great time tonight. Thanks uh, for three calls from the East Coast tonight from Hal Cohen. I miss those days. I guess uh, Bruce Springsteen wrote them as the glory days. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willetton Dukaya 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.